Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. How are you, Mary? I'm doing great, Father John. How about you? I'm doing well, thanks. I know you're chewing on another cough drop. So I uh, am. So it's the craziest thing. So um, I think the last time I was on was a couple weeks ago, and I was struggling with like bronchitis. I know that smoky, raspy voice is gone. It was kind of Could fun, you actually. Stop smoking? <laughs> and today, my cough and sniffles have kind of come back, so I have a cough drop in my mouth. So it's all good. So more opportunity for us to rely entirely on the Lord. Lord, keep her from coughing, right? Amen. I I am very excited about this episode because this is, uh, talk about transformation. This is something that's, I think oftentimes people feel like should be intuitive, but it's not. So what's our topic? I love, and I love our topic uh, today. So the title um, is, yeah. But how do I do it? Yeah, but how do I do it? All right. So this is kind of like part two of what we did last week. Um, big shout out to Harry Kemp who gave us a little uh, a little feedback and uh, said he had some good conversations with some folks and they had some questions. So that's really the uh, the premise for us. Absolutely. Together. Let's pray, Absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Father, we just entrust this time to you right now. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you communicate with us that you speak to us in countless ways, that you are not a God of chaos or confusion, that you have a plan for each and every one of us, and that you long to reveal that to us in your good time. So we just ask for your blessing upon our conversation right now. May the Holy Spirit uh, bless and guide the words that come out of my mouth and of Mary's. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So again, this is this is a kind of a part two of the long podcast from last week. So if you haven't listened to that, I want to encourage people to go and listen to that. It'll take you about an hour. I think maybe it's 45 minutes, which was a talk that we gave to the deacons and their wives in the Archdiocese of Denver, all on what we call uh, the third essential principle for transformation. So at the heart of Everything we do in Acts 29, really, like everything we do, is trying to teach people and equip them in what we call the three essential principles, which are these these principles which we believe and think that the Lord has given to us to give away to bring transformation in the church. Reacquiring a biblical worldview, that's the first one. It's not enough to be a staff, that's the second one. And this is the third one, restoring the initiative to God, right? Right. So maybe just a, a couple of introductory comments. So I, I might I might break this up into something like four really quick parts. So the first part would be something like, well, why do we even pray? You know, like which is not to say prayer is a waste of time, but what are we doing when we ask for the grace to restore the initiative to God? And and a way to answer that would be this is a very particular kind of prayer. In other words, it's not just praying before we do the work. This is prayer in order to know what the work is. So so in our context here, we're talking about, I, this could be a couple praying about what's going on in their marriage. It could be a family praying about what's going on in their family. It could be a parish team praying about what's going on in their parish team. Parish school. A- absolutely. Lots of different contexts, but it's more than just personal discernment. It's it's some sort of collaborative discernment. It's right? team discernment, team I discernment. think you would say, right? Yeah, perfect. 
So we're praying not just before we do something, we're praying very specifically to know what to do. That's the first thing. The second thing would be to say, we want to trust that God wants to show this more than we want to know it. I remember, too, to that point, Father John, we were leading a retreat for um, some of our beautiful priests in a diocese, and, and, and we noted, like, if, if the Father in heaven wants to show his plan for your parish, as you discern a whole set of things, the person he most, most wants to reveal it to is, is you, Father. Yeah, it's the pastor, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. Or you, Bishop, or you, Mom and Dad, that's, you know, with your, with your kids, right? Right. Right, so that's the second thing. The third thing, important just to keep in mind, and then we're going to get into, yeah, but how do you do it? Third thing to keep in mind as an introductory comment is you never get the plan all at once. I think that's a, a huge distinction to make because when we go to prayer, what we're looking for coming out of prayer, and we're going to go into that a little bit deeper, is confirmation, right? So so we're all going to, we all hear the Lord in a, in a, in a number of different ways. He speaks to us very uniquely, mm-hmm. but we don't get it all. We, we don't get the, you know, uh, the download from the Lord he doesn't give you it all. And, and, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah, I love get... that. So you just made actually a distinction. I think there's two parts here, which is great. Usually I don't personally get the whole thing. I need you to help confirm that. Right. And second, you don't get the whole scope of the plan all at once. In other words, God wants us to live by faith and to walk in trust. And so he's going to show us a part at a time. There's, there's not a single incident I can think of in Scripture where God shows somebody the whole plan. He might tell Mary what the outcome is going to be of the child she's going to conceive. He doesn't say, well, you know, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go to Egypt, then you're going to come back, and he's going to kind of like hang out and live at home for about 30 years, and then don't worry, it's all going to be fine, and then there's going to be some three great years of ministry, and then it's going to be a really bad week, and then don't worry, the promise is going to come true. She doesn't know that. That's right. right? And, and, of course, you know, what we know is um, – I'm just thinking of scripture, you know, scripture says, you know, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a guide into my path. And what does that lamp illuminate, but just the next step. And that's the graciousness and mercy of God. Father John, don't you think that I think we'd be paralyzed with fear if the father's plan was different. We would be, we always talk about being mobilized for mission. We would be immobilized. Exactly. We we wouldn't take, we would, we wouldn't press in because it would be far too much for us. And so that's just the goodness of God. So you never get it all at once. We have to trust him. And then last, and and you, you mentioned this um, already, but I, I, I put it here. You usually discern together with others. It's just a way of, like sometimes I just get wacky ideas and sometimes they're from God and sometimes they're just wacky ideas, right? So you guys help me discern and I, every once in a while, I help you discern. And too. likewise, okay. likewise, absolutely. So, let, let me set this up. So we talked a little bit last week on how to do this, just, just for the sake of reminding the process, the way we do this as a team and the way we teach others to do this, we're going to take one of those uh, three methods that we often talk about, either the mindset of a physician where we're going to the Lord with the question of where are we most sick in the parish staff, in the family, in the school, in the diocese, in the presbyterate, whatever the, the, the entity might be. Or the question might be, Lord, show us the enemy's strategy here. Show us what's on hell's screen. Or we might say, Um, Lord, show us what it is that you're asking us to do to attack based on what the biggest wound is, what hell's strategy is. So we've done that. We've teed up the question. We're going to go to prayer. 
We're going to pray about that question. That's what we're asking. We're going to the Lord asking that question. Lord, where, like, so I, us as a team, we were in, uh, on an offsite not too long ago. Lord, what's the biggest need in our team right now? That was the question. We listened. We spent a half hour or so in adoration. We came out, we debriefed, and the way we debrief is we just kind of look around the table and go, okay, what'd you hear, Mary? What'd you hear, Rick? What'd you hear, Albert? What'd you hear, Nick? What'd you hear, Father? And then we talk, right? Right. And that's the way to get clarity. Right. So now imagine, here, here, this, is, this is the crux of this episode. So we're in the chapel. You're there. What do you do? Like, how do you do this? Yeah, so so can I just... Get us into the crazy just, <laughs> mind of Mary Guilfoyle. <laughs> it's a mind you don't want to get into. Um, so um, you're obviously in the chapel. And and, and, and I think what... But I'm going to tell you what I do. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, is I go to prayer with, with a sense of expectancy. I'm confident that God wants to speak. Mm. I mean, all of Christian life is predicated on the reality that God speaks, right? And then I ask for a particular grace. And the grace that I ask for is for the grace to hear him. Like, Father, I, I want you to speak right now. So this is the question that I'm coming with, mm. right? So, so um, to the point that you just mentioned, what's the biggest need for our team right now? So that's the question I'm coming with. And then I know my own prayer life enough to know how God speaks to me. And um, he normally will speak to me through like placing an image mm. in my mind um, he'll call particular scripture passages uh, to mind, or he'll invite me to open up my scriptures. Mm. Um, or sometimes he'll place a phrase on my mind and the discernment in that is, at least for me, like, is that the way I talk or is that the way I've grown accustomed to the Father speaking to me in prayer? So can, so, can, I, can I pause so, you real quick? Because yeah. I think I want to just make an observation so the prerequisite for this, which I don't want to presume for everybody, is we have learned how God speaks to us. So you've, you've, you were able to share almost kind of matter-of-factly, which I love. It says everything about you. The Lord speaks to me typically these ways. So you have a ton of self-knowledge and a lot of experience, if you will, of quote unquote listening to the Lord, which most people don't have, right? So one of us, one of the things that uh, for those of us who 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 might be like, oh, I don't have any idea how the Lord talks to me, a question would be something like, well, how much time do we spend listening to Him? How much of our time in prayer is just that listening? Most of us, I think, do most of the, the talking, talking right? right? And if we haven't done that, maybe that's the exercise to do this week. It's just to listen in prayer. You know, if it's totally foreign to you, take 10, 15 minutes in silence. And the question might be something like, Lord, how do you talk to me? Help me to know your voice. Because Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So it's like, okay, Lord, I'm your sheep. Here I am. I don't think I know your voice. So the work's on you, Lord. I need to know your voice. You promised this. I'm not asking you to do something you didn't promise. Help me to know your voice, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you know, thanks I, for letting me interrupt you there. Well, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole either now, but um, I, we could do, a, we could actually have a, a podcast just on that whole piece alone because 
God speaks to us in a variety of ways. I mean, through through nature, his creation, his glorious outdoor cathedral, right? He speaks to us through other people. He speaks to us in circumstances of our day. He speaks to us through music, through art. Yeah. There's a myriad of ways that God speaks to us. And so sometimes when we're doing ministry with priests and lay leaders, the question that we hear is, I or, or, or the comment that we hear is, but I don't hear God. Yeah. And and when you when you tee that up for them and they go, Oh, I didn't know that was the Lord speaking. Right. And so it's just getting really, really comfortable with what the ordinary circumstances of our life. And that's how the Lord often will mediate himself to us. And there's another line that a friend of yours and ours shared not long ago. It speaks to what you just talked about. You know, we go into prayer and oftentimes we do all the talking as if he needs to know all these things that we're talking to him about because He knew them before we even gave mention to them. But our friend Tim in Des Moines said once, he said that God is fluent in silence. I never thought about that before. Like that's the language of the father. And he can, and the enemy of prayer is just all this noise that oftentimes is in our minds. And so just to even give yourself enough time to settle in, you know, to, to know and to recognize how he speaks to you, but to settle in long enough to let our minds just grow still. Right. Yeah, right? the condition to be able to hear him is to stop yeah, talking. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go but back anyway. to you. You're there. What do you do? So you say you that the Lord so, speaks to you through images or through scriptures or might be a phrase. So then walk us, then what? So something, some one of those things comes yeah. into your mind. Then yeah. what do you do? So typically what I do is, so let's say I um, am, am given a particular image in my mind. And I'll acknowledge it and I'll say, okay, Lord, why this image? What are you trying to speak to me through this image? What are you trying to teach me? So I just kind of go back and forth because sometimes you'll get this image in your mind and you go, well, that's kind of random. And so is that random? Is that, is that me or is that the Lord? And as I wait on the Lord to speak into that and he'll start to speak or I can hear him, I go, oh my goodness, of course. So we bring our journals with us into adoration. So I capture the image. I write it out. If he leads me to a scripture, I'll capture that. And I'm just taking notes on what it is. I think I'm not sure yet what I think the Lord is speaking to me relative to the question, Father John, that you've teed up for us before we go into, into prayer. So share these, this image that you got when we were doing this exercise as a team and the Lord gave you a very concrete seemingly bizarre image when we were asking the question, what's our biggest need? Yeah. So um, we were actually on an offsite Mm -hmm. and it was all of our leadership team going to prayer. And um, I no sooner sat down, you know, you got in my pew. I had been kneeling for a time and I get this image of a beehive in my mind. And there's like all these buzzing bees around. I thought, Oh Lord, come on. Like, what is this? And I said, okay, Lord, I have a, you've placed an image on my mind. What in the world do you, are you trying to teach me through this beehive? And he said, what attracts a bee to a hive? I said, Oh gosh, Lord, honey. And I said, Lord, what is, okay, then what is the honey? How does that, how is that relevant to the question that we just brought to you in prayer? And he said, Mary, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the honey and you are the bees and people are going to be attracted 
in a particular way to your ministry because of the primacy of the gospel, because my people are hungry for for the gospel. And he also said that the the manner in which we lead is also attractive. And live, yes. And live. Um, and so it was really a twofold image, more or less. And so I brought that back to the team and shared that with you all, in addition to some other passages. Yeah, and so the, the, the beautiful thing, this is often how this works. So you brought that back. I think you went first and led with that image. Mm-hmm. And then two or three of us had uh, seemingly really disjointed either words or images, which in light of that image made tremendous Mm -hmm. sense. And so we emerged from that prayer and the debrief of prayer with a real clarity that what was most important for us was us. Right. That, that we needed to do a whole set of things to make sure that we protected the, the hive. hive. Yes. So that um, our life together would be a means by which we're nourishing each other, we're encouraging each other. And that's part of what's the, the gospel to, I mean, the gospel first and foremost is what is attractive, but it's also something about the, the life that the Lord has called us as a team to live on to mission, which is so attractive to other people who oftentimes uh, can get stuck in kind of a functional way of relating. So that's just without getting lost further in that, that I love that. That's a beautiful way of just, that, that's what we do, you know? So, you know, just to, to summarize again, you go into prayer with a sense of expectancy a conviction that God wants to reveal something about the question that we're bringing. And you've learned how he talks to you, quote unquote, talks to you. Right. And so there's been some work that's been done there over the years as a disciple. And then that, that, that allow what it really does is it gives you permission to be able to, to share with people incredibly vulnerable things. Cause that's what prayer is. Prayer is remarkably intimate. And it, and, and because we have the relationship that we have as a team, we're able to say to each other, you know, like, I don't know if this is God or if this is me. This is what I think the Lord's showing me or saying to me. And that requires a lot of trust that someone's not just going to like break into laughter. Like you are, like you are a moron, Mary. <laughs> exactly. Right. So we, I love that. I, I don't want to share how I do. I just want to let people absorb that. I, I want to kind of um, just, as we move to a close here, share a couple of, of quick things. So like, how do you know that's God? You know, and because and, that's the question that people always ask. In fact, that's often the question we get from ordained is like, well, how do you know that's God? And so, again, we first of all, we believe that he really does want to speak. Well, there's, there's a couple of simple ways that you can know it's not God. Let's start there. How do you know it's not God? Well, yeah, I would say I would say the first thing is if it's not consistent with with the scriptures. There you go. So if, if the Lord's telling you something that's contrary to the Bible, it ain't God. It's not him. Yeah, not him. Er, wrong. Incorrect. Thanks for playing, right? Yeah. And and a second way would be? It, um, it's not consistent with church teaching. So yeah. it's not in the catechism. So if you want to know what the church teaches, it's there well, in the catechism. It's contrary to the catechism. So, yeah. so, so if it's contrary to church teaching, yeah. we can also be pretty confident that's not the Lord speaking You can be well. extraordinarily confident. You know it's not God speaking, right. right? I mean, I always say to people, you know if I'm communicating the truth by whether or not what I'm teaching is in alignment with scripture right. and what the church teaches. I might add a third one. This is... This is more typically 
Well, no, this would very much apply, especially if this is a couple, say, doing this. Absolutely. If what I feel like the Lord is saying to me or what I feel like is I'm hearing in prayer, quote unquote, I'm hearing in prayer, if it's if it's not going to encourage me to grow in charity, it isn't God. Like if if I think I'm hearing the Lord say, you should hold on to that bitterness. They really wronged you. Uh, that's not God. Right. If I... If I sense the Lord saying to me something like, hey, um, challenging as this might be, I'm asking you to take the first step to apologize here. Well, that's a good chance that might be the Lord, right? So if it helps me, if it doesn't help me grow in charity, it's not God. If it's not in accord with scripture, it's not God. If it's not in accord with what the church teaches, it's not God. Let me just share two last things if I can. You know, I think here's part of, this was our experience in parish life, and it's even more so in priestly life. I can think of a, of a person that we met who was working in a diocesan office who'd been there for some time who mm-hmm. said to us, I don't think I've ever heard God speak right. in my life. And I don't, I don't buy that. I just don't think he had learned to recognize God's voice. But I think that's not uncommon to hear people say, or at least to feel. And then you get to be a certain age And I think we feel just really awkward asking what would seem to be very basic questions. And we're afraid that someone's going to go, you don't know how to pray. What's wrong with you? But I go back to Flannery O'Connor's journal. So Flannery O'Connor was a great Catholic author of the 20th century, a real remarkable woman who died young. They published her journal not too long ago, set of years back. And one of the entries one day was simply... Won't someone please teach me how to pray? And I think that's the cry of most people's heart. I don't think most of us have been taught how to pray. We've been taught to say prayers, but not how to pray. And those are two really different things. Nothing wrong with saying prayers. But praying, entering into a dialogue with God, and especially listening to him, is not intuitive. No, very and I think, and I think people feel awkward asking it. I, so I would just encourage people, don't feel awkward. Um, have that conversation. And for pastors, you know, Pope John Paul said in, uh, in the letter that he wrote as we were about to enter into the year 2000 for the new millennium, he says, parishes need to become schools of prayer. And homes need to be schools of prayer. Like we need to learn how to pray and then we need to teach people how to pray. Let me share, if I can, we are, we're huge friends of a Carmelite priest. He's passed away now, Father Wilfred Stinnison. I first came across the book, Into Your Hands, Father, said a years ago, which is his commentary on the prayer of abandonment, which is an extraordinary book. If you're looking for some good Lenten reading, you might want to read that. He has another book on the Holy Spirit called The Holy Spirit, Fire of Divine Love. And there's some stuff in here that is, this is like literary gold for this question. Yeah, but how do you do it? And, and maybe especially, how do I know it's God? And, and maybe I'll just share a couple words from him and then we can close. He has this little section. This is an, on page 69 of his book. And it's under the topic, does God really speak? And he, he begins by saying, it's only meaningful to listen to the Holy Spirit and obey him if he speaks. Does God really speak to us? Are there not many people who, instead of hearing God speak, feel they are encountering absolute silence? I know a ton of people like that, right? And among those who do hear him speak, 
are there not a good many who are merely hearing themselves their own thoughts and fantasies? That's the most common question I get from people. It's like, well, how do you know it's God and it's not just your thought? Listen to what this spiritual master says. He says, are you hearing your own voice or the voice of God? Is it you who are speaking to yourself or are you listening to God speaking to you? I think this is brilliant. He says, perhaps the question's not nuanced enough. It need not be a question of either or. God can speak through your own self, and that is usually what he does, provided that you stand before him in all honesty and live from the basic attitude of wanting to do his will. He goes on to say, God seldom speaks directly with audible, perceptible words. He speaks for the most part indirectly via your own deep truth-seeking self. God also speaks through events, circumstances, encounters with other people, books. Much of what is happening around you contains, I love this line, a secret message from God. It's a question of deciphering and interpreting it. In everything that happens, you can gradually learn to recognize a capital U who's talking to me. I just think that's brilliant. I don't, I don't know how better way to end than to let a spiritual master talk about this and whatnot. So closing oh, thoughts on your end, Mary. Right. First of all, uh, just, a, just an incredible um, reflection right there. And I think it's very affirming and um, encouraging for people, not only what you shared about Flannery Connor's quote, you know, but also just this piece. It should put us all at ease regarding prayer. And it may be something very practical to do coming out of this conversation. It's just for all of us to ask the Lord to give me the eyes to see you. Mm. Um, These the, the secrets that he wants to reveal to us, um, the ears to hear and the eyes to see, to have that disposition of heart to encounter him in all of these, all, in all manner of ways that um, this beautiful priest just laid out. I just, I, I love it. It should give us great hope and great confidence. Amen. So once again, remember whether you're considering doing this as, as a husband and wife or, uh, you know, as a pastor, as a principal or a bishop or whatever organization you might lead, God wants to make this known more than we want to make it known because God is a God of light. And he wants us to trust him. And part of trusting him is having the conviction that he wants to talk to us. So this is all true people. And because it is, do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for this.